Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Tim Harrison earlier today, MD at Ionic Rare Earths. This is on ASX. They've got Rare Earth Project in Uganda, quite a big one. We talked through the result of the scoping study. Market didn't uh, react well to that, but it explains perhaps with further reading, they'll actually quite like the, the numbers there. Um, we also look at the um, MOU they've signed with Chanel. Um, I think a big owner of Rio uh, Tinto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's a significant partnership. He explains what they're trying to do there over the next 12 months and what we can expect to uh, hear from them to discuss the company itself. And indeed, Tim, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including rare earths. Uh, we've got training courses on there, and we've also done summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you're busy people. But most excitingly of all, you might be interested to join a, a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from all that nasty judgment, trolling and abuse you get elsewhere. And if that does interest you, you can check them out at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Tim, how are you doing, sir? Good, Matt. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we needed to call you. We saw the press release, uh, so we've got to talk. We're going to talk numbers. Because um, when, when did we see? Beginning of March. So you've been busy. Yeah, time flies. We've been very busy um, finalising the scoping study and uh, being able to get the, the scoping study out to the market today. Good lad. Good lad. Hey, just a favourite, give us that one minute summary of the business for people new to the story coming into it. And um, what we'll also do is put a link to the previous interview where you went through business plan, strategy, team, markets and all that kind of good stuff. Um, that's something that they should look at if they're interested after this conversation. So give us the one minute overview. Great. So we are developing, as Ionic Rare Earths, we're developing a um, rare earth project, an ionic absorption clay project in Uganda. Um, Makutu Rare Earth Project. It's a 315 million ton ionic absorption clay uh, resource, um, 120 k's east of Kampala. Really um, well developed uh, infrastructure area, shallow deposit. Um, we are working through uh, an aggressive uh, development schedule. We've just announced the scoping study. Uh, we're now in a bank a bankable feasibility study and looking at completing that program um, to support a mining license application within 18 months. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, 19% uh, came off the share price today. Market didn't like what you told them. What happened? Um, I look, a good question. Um, I, I think we'll see over the course of the next few days, the market will have a bit more time to, to read that announcement and digest it. Um, and I'm expecting that as that information sort of filters through, it's actually a really good announcement. I think it's a really good result for the project and the company. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. What do you think they were expecting and what did you deliver? I think they were expecting a, a scoping study that had a production target that included the full resource. Um, meaning, you know, we've been working what? through the 315 million tonnes of, of, of mineral resource estimate at Makutu. What we've delivered is a scoping study that's underpinned by the indicated resources, which is meeting the guidelines of the ASX. So in order for us to, to get to this point and release that scoping study, we've had to deliver 
um, a, a mineral a, a, a production target that's based predominantly on indicated resources. We've delivered that. I think we've delivered a very robust uh, foundation for the project that will see us uh, 11 years worth of production. Um, we start off with one module. We ramp that up to five modules. We're producing up to 4,000 tonnes per annum of rare earth oxide. And it's not just any rare earth oxide. It's a critical and heavy rare earth product that, that the market won't be able to find elsewhere. Um, so we're, we're making a unique project, a unique product. Um, we've ramped up over 11 years, and I think we're laying a foundation to potentially extend the life of the project by bringing in that inferred resource. Um, and that has the potential to, on the current resource, potentially push out the, the life of the project to, to around about 27 years. Okay, so what, what the market was expecting was that the full full resource, you've only been able to put the indicated number in there, not the inferred. The inferred hasn't gone any way. You'll bring that through. How quickly will you be able to bring that through? So to bring that through, we're going to have to increase the classification on that resource from inferred to indicated. That means infill drilling. So we'll be uh, coming to the market and advising them of the program that we're going to kick off on an infill drill program, which will look at increasing that indicated resource over the course of uh, the rest of 2021. Um, so significant amount of drilling um, to, to underpin that material then being able to, to, to be used within the bank or feasibility study. Um, the amount of resource that we're going to, to classify and, and increase from inferred to indicated is still to be determined by the company, given that, you know, we've got something that's potentially 27 years. So we don't need to bring all of that to indicated to know that it's there. Um, we just need to bring enough to an indicated status to, to provide a good base for us to develop the bankable feasibility study. Have you got the money to do that? Yeah, look, we're well funded because we raised that money earlier this year. So, um, you know, we, we, we raised the 12 million earlier this year. So we've got funds to be able to execute the program that we've intended to deliver. Okay, so, so let's let's go through some of the numbers because I want to stand up if it's a good enough project in its own right with just the um, indicated, okay? So I remember it's a low CapEx project. So remind us of some of the headline numbers. So the, the, the development of the first module, uh, 89 million um, US in pre-production capital. So that will develop our mine and our process plant, which will process two and a half million tonnes per annum of iron consorption clay material. Um, and that'll produce about 800 tonnes a year of rare earth oxide equivalent product. The plan then is to use the free cash flow that is generated by the project to fund the additional module. So we ramp up effectively every two years, we're adding a new module um, and ramping up the throughput from two and a half, five, seven and a half, ten, up to twelve and a half. Um, so the initial capital pre-production, eighty-nine million, and we ramp that up to a twelve and a half million ton per annum throughput by year ten. Okay, great. So, but I think some of the important numbers I need to understand is I get that you don't need to bring all of the inferred uh, through just enough to kind of make the BFS interesting. But um, talk to me about um, IRRs or, or cash flows uh, or free cash flow from that stage or phase one project. So what, it's what we're calling the base case because it's basically going to lay the foundation for us to, to build a launch pad and away we go. Um, so that base case has a, an IRR of 38% um, and an NPV of $321 million US dollars and generating free cash flow post-tax of um, 
766 million US dollars over the 11 years. Um, so it's a, it's a very robust business case. And that's taking into account that we've ramped up and we've built not the one module, but we're up at five modules. So we're putting through 12.5 million tonnes per annum of throughput. So potentially, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very attractive project and certainly very financeable. Yeah, and so you're in no rush to spend what cash you have on bringing through the infrared because you don't need to, you believe, right? So um, can we just can we just talk about one of them because I think it's really important for me to try and understand how the cash flow ramps up as well and your ability to actually get into market because one of the other press releases I saw was an MAU signed with uh, Chanel Co or certainly one of their subsidiaries anyway. So what's the story there? Okay, so. Just to address the, 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 the MOU with, with China Rare Earth Jiangsu, um, so we've signed a, a non-binding MOU with, uh, with the China Rare Earth um, Jiangsu, which is a subsidiary of Chanelco, um, and they have immense capability to not only help us to develop and accelerate the program at Makutu, but potentially take our product as a, an offtake and downstream processor. They're one of the few companies in the world who have the capacity to do that. Um, they're an extremely well um, integrated organisation. And I think that they can offer um, Ionic Rare Earths uh, certainly as a potential development partner, um, a mode in which we can de-risk the first module. So to me, I see it as being tremendously valuable for the development of, of Makutu. Yeah, I, I guess because it gives you a, a rate to market and maybe access to, to, to capital. So what, what's the, it's non-binding. That's interesting. Um, what's yeah. the expectation of um, this relationship during the, the, the term of this MOU? What is it leading to? So we are working through, a, a, I suppose, a, a collaborative effort at the moment to work out how we can accelerate the development of Makutu. So there's multi-facets with, with regards to the, the MOU, the non-binding MOU. Um, developing the asset, um, working to de-risk the, the, the asset, uh, potentially off-take, off um, potentially investment within Ionic Rare Earths or potentially investment directly within the project. So there's a number of attributes to the MOU and we'll work through that over the course of the next 12 months. We're working with them now to try and put a program in place to help us move through the bank or feasibility study um, test work, Chinese engineering to try and de-risk the application of the technology and bring in their 40 years of know-how um, in heat bleaching, ionic absorption clays. Right. And, and what's, what do they want out of that? Not, not, not just in terms of the terms of the project, but the, the, the product. You, you've, we've talked about a, you know, a, a bucket of rare earths rather than focusing on NDPR or anything specific. Is that what they want out of this deal too? Well, I mean, being an ionic absorption clay, it's going to meet, it's going to produce a suite of rare earths, heavy and critical rare earths, um, similar to the products that have been that have been generated by the diminishing ionic absorption clays in southern China. So, you know, there's, there's no secret that, that the Chinese have been reducing the quotas on their processing of the ionic absorption clays. Um, there is spare capacity for processing the um, mixed rare earth carbonates that are generated by that, those assets. And a product and a project like Makutu, um, I would imagine to them is extremely attractive by producing a product that can go directly into their existing production uh, and supply chains um, 
you know, they've got the infrastructure that's already built to take a product like, like ours. Okay. Ben, a little bit of talk about um, share price manipulation this week. Any thoughts? And why? Well, look, um, look, yeah, not sure about that one. I've had a few calls with the ASX and uh, ASIC, uh, oh, ASX specifically, but more in relation to, to other matters like the scoping study. So uh, I'll leave that one to, to others to, uh, to, to investigate. But you, you've heard the rumour. Oh, look, uh, I've, I've seen some things, but um, it's not really a focus of, of what I am doing day to day. Um, I've been focused on this scoping study and uh, the next phase of work that's going to add value to the to the project. But who do you think people, I mean, who are people accusing of manipulating the share price? Do you know? No. <laughs> I haven't spent any time investigating that one, Matt. Okay. Maybe you should. Maybe there's something in it. Who knows? Maybe. Yep. Um, I'll add it to the list of things to do. <laughs> Fair enough. I know. I know it's late there. I know it's late there. Maybe you can do it tomorrow. Um, okay. So, so it's a it's it's a, it's a good process. So, what your expectation uh, over the next few weeks is that people will understand why you've presented the information like you have in the scoping study. But as far as you're concerned, you've got the capital to go and do what you need to do. And it's all uh, steam ahead, or, you know, full steam ahead with regards to the BFS. That that's your focus. Is that the top of your list? That's right. I, I think. I mean, that that announcement today was quite a quite a uh, in depth announcement. There's a lot there for for the investment community and our shareholders to get their head around. Um, you know, it might take a couple of read throughs to 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 sink in. Um, we'll try and put a bit more information out in the market over the course of the next week um, to to bring a little bit more context. To the, to the rationale and why we've done what we've done. But we feel very confident that we are on exactly the right path to develop Makutu into an operating asset, working to a timeline and bring this to production by 2024. That's our focus and that continues to be the focus. You know, we could have sat back and we could have held back the scoping study and said, oh, no, well, we're going to go and do more indicated drilling. Um, but that wouldn't have helped us deliver on our ultimate target, which is to... Uh, to um, apply and, and receive a mining licence application um, in the fourth quarter of next year. So, uh, you know, 18 months now to work through a bankable feasibility study. Um, we've got a very robust basis for the scoping study and now it's on to the, to the next uh, facet of developing the Kutu. So what are shareholders looking out for next? 18 months is a long, long way away, especially in this market. So what are we going to be hearing from you about? Yeah, well, look, um, we've just recently completed drilling on the um, exploration licence out to the east of the project. So that's the, the first um, look that we're going to get at the potential for, you know, um, additional tonnes that may come out of that, that large um, exploration licence um, EL00147 that we had 20, 25 rab holes um, basically a, a, a kilometre spaced apart. So that reconnaissance program will give us an idea of whether or not we've got uh, similar ionic absorption clay material out to the east. We've also done another uh, 42 holes across the deposit and to the northern tenement, uh, which will give us an idea about the potential for extension. Um, we're about to kick off a, a, an infill diamond program, which will essentially convert that inferred or, you know, help us convert inferred resources to indicated. 
Um, we've got metallurgical work that's underway at the moment, um, additional project activities. Um, so I think that there's going to be a, a steady uh, flow of news over the course of the next six to nine months that ultimately is going to help us deliver value to the project and, and I think help the market increase the understanding of the valuation of Makuta. Brilliant. So there's a few things to look out for. Just in terms of this MOU, give me some of the timelines or deliverables associated with that because the the non-binding bit is the bit I want to see, does it convert into binding? Does it convert into another MOU or another agreement or some kind of commitment, financial or otherwise, from this group, Chanelco or or the subsidiary? Yeah. So, Matt, um, to put into context, the plan is effectively to work with with Chanelco and China Rare Earth Jiangsu over the course of the next 12 months to move to the point where we can go to a binding agreement. Um, we're going to be drilling some samples and sending those to, to China for some test work. Um, and this is all about helping us with the increased confidence about them, uh, the metallurgy and the process and the technology application, you know, potentially looking at Chinese engineering to, to feed into the, the way in which we de-risk the development of Makutu. So, yeah, there's certainly a program that we're working through and we'll, advent, we'll, we'll notify the market, um, you know, when we're in a position to do so about that program. But anything in the interim between now and 12 months' time? Uh, potentially. It's just a matter of how, how quickly things move. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is that uh, an asset like Makutu um, is rare. So there's essentially ourselves and one other that's of the same size and potential to supply that type of basket for an extended period of time. So we know that we have something very rare and, I mean, if there's a desire to move and accelerate the program, then, then so be it. I mean, I could understand that given what we're, what we're sitting on at Makutu. Brilliant. Tim, thanks for the update. Um, stay in touch. Fascinated by the rare earth space and how it's moving. The Chinese involvement, obviously, is uh, exciting for you guys. So uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon, okay? Great. Thanks, Matt. All the best. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and, of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.